Good afternoon, Patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll talk about Biden's promise to get supply chains moving. We'll have more lies from Jen Psaki. And the latest famous athlete that is taking a stand against vaccine mandates. Next, on Living with Liberty. Would you go to a mechanic for open heart surgery? How about a dentist to build you a house? Of course you wouldn't. You would go to experts in those respective fields to have the work done right. Why do we keep turning to government as if they have the solutions to what ails our problems? And more specifically, uh, on today's topic, what ails our supply chains? They are the ones that cause the issue in the first place, whether it be the lockdowns, the closure of businesses, and then reopening. The supply chain wasn't in mind when they did all this. So they caused the issue. Now we're going to go to them to fix it? Government has proven time and time again that they are incompetent when it comes to anything relating to the economy. This administration has gone above and beyond in demonstrating its utter incompetence in relation to anything economic. Prices keep going up, right? I mean, if you need a reminder of how incompetent this administration has been, take a drive past a a gas station or even go fill up your gas tank if if it's low. Go to the store and take a look around at the prices uh, in the stores and kind of think back to a year ago where those prices were. Think back to bacon. I think I've mentioned it before. Bacon uh, in my area here is nine bucks a pound for the national brand. And even the store brand is up over five bucks now where a year ago, um, you know, I think the store brand was somewhere around, you could get it for $3.99 or so for a pound of store brand bacon. Resident Biden now is calling on the private sector to to step up and help alleviate the supply chain woes plaguing our economy. What did he think was going on before? Uh, You think that companies just like losing out on sales because they can't get their product to, to the store shelves? You don't think they've been trying to solve these problems for the last 18 months, almost two years now? He's calling on them now to step up and help because, you know, companies haven't been doing that already <laughs> to, to to try and save their bottom lines. I, this guy is just ridiculous. And to 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 get even worse here in terms of of what uh, our illustrious president is is uh, calling to do here, he's he's promising to help. Now I'm sorry. But I'd be the first one in line to decline that help. Unless it's quid pro quos or getting 10% cuts of illicit deals for the big guy, Joe, Joe Biden's help is absolutely useless. Here's what he had to say about the help his administration would offer to get our supply chains moving again. He would direct all appropriate action if federal support was needed. And if the private sector doesn't step up, we're going to call them out and ask them to act. All right, first of all here, 
what company in their right mind is going to take this corrupt, senile, weak career politician who has done nothing but be in politics for his just about entire life seriously? Who's going to take this guy seriously? Uh, more tough talk from, quite honestly, the weakest president we've ever had. He says, we're going to call them out and ask them to act in the private sector. Right. Now, remember when Vladimir Putin handed old Joe his ass at their little summit they had? That will be every CEO of any company Biden attempted to call out. They would do the same thing. Every CEO of any company called out by Biden would do the same thing Putin did hold a press conference probably like Putin did, and old Joe would slink off to go get his ice cream cone back in the corner somewhere. These CEOs of these companies would give Biden the Putin treatment in a heartbeat. And I think the more troubling part of this statement is the first part, where Biden vowed to direct all appropriate action and uh, give federal support. No, these communists are just itching to get their greasy little paws into things of which they are not competent in. They think they can do it better than the experts who live these issues every day. They think they can do it better and direct the people that are on the ground making this thing happen better than the, the companies that these people work for, the people like the, the, the uh, port workers and the transportation uh, companies, the drivers there. I, there is such an arrogance within our government, within our elected officials, who again, for the vast majority of them, have done nothing but grift in politics their entire adult life, yet they think they can handle business issues better than the people that live them every day. They want to control everything because they view us deplorables as too stupid to figure out how to solve these supply chain problems that the government caused in the first place. Joe Biden and the rest of his cronies don't know how to do anything but lie and cut backroom deals for pallets of cash. Now all of a sudden he's going to direct all appropriate action in regards to getting things moving throughout the supply chain again? This guy couldn't even direct you to the bathroom. I hope you're enjoying those empty store shelves because if these buffoons who couldn't punch their way out of a paper bag and a wet paper bag at that start dipping their hands into the supply chain cookie jar even more than they already are, I'm willing to bet things will get a whole lot worse. Now, naturally, Raggedy Ann was putting her spin on the supply chain crisis too. Here's what she had to say. I can't make a prediction for you that we're going to solve every issue tomorrow and next week. We're not, Saki said. She goes on. We're coming out of an economic crisis caused by a pandemic, but what we are doing is using every tool at our disposal to ease the impact on the American people. Eased the impact on families as we look to the holidays. Well, there's one piece of truth that in this statement from Saki. Not every issue will be solved tomorrow or next week. 
So we do have that uh, rare instance of truth coming from the resident and chief's PR flack. But then Raggedy Ann goes on and goes back into her full-on liar mode, saying they are using every tool at our disposal to ease the impact on the American people and ease the impact on families. Uh, are you now? Why did this administration cancel the Keystone Pipeline in the first days of it being in office? Those were families supporting jobs lost. That doesn't sound like they're doing anything to ease the impact on families. Why did this administration issue a legally debatable mandate to call on businesses to do their dirty work in mandating jabs of experimental drugs as a condition of employment? What that, all that did, all that did was serve to embolden businesses and hospital systems to put ultimatums out to their employees, get jabbed or lose your job. And a number of which already have been fired for standing up for their rightful belief in bodily autonomy and medical freedom. Many others have just outright quit their jobs that, that have had these ridiculous mandates forced on them, uh, unconstitutionally, by the way. That, that, that doesn't sound really uh, a whole lot like it's helping families here. There's nothing they do, nothing they've done that has helped the American people and is not helping families. You think letting just massive amounts of illegal immigrants pour over the border, how is that helping Americans and helping families? You think by bringing uh, unvetted Afghan refugees here is helping Americans and helping families? It's not. There's already been stories coming out of uh, uh, Wisconsin here of uh, of these uh, couple of these refugees partaking in sexual assault. Uh, I mean, come on, how is that helping anybody? These clowns just continue to lie on us. They are not doing anything to ease the impact on Americans. They are not doing anything to ease the impact on families. They want to keep the pressure up to keep everybody miserable because they want to try and break our spirit as we fight for freedom and liberty. That's what this is here. All, all this liar let their lies that they're trying to do something, they're not doing a darn thing. And what else have they done? Well, the Democrats have put forth a massive tax and spend bill, a couple of them, one under the guise of infrastructure, which a relatively small percent actually goes to infrastructure. I'd be all for an infrastructure bill. We certainly need it. But the whole bill should be for infrastructure, not just a small percentage of it. The rest of it's just wasteful spending and kickbacks for their cronies. And they put forth this other uh, massive $3.5 trillion pork bill under the guise of it's going to help us build back better. It's not. It's going to cause massive inflation. Both of these bills, both of these bills will only serve to further inflame the inflation we are experiencing so far and have experienced so far. And it's going to continue to take bigger bites out of people's income with the double whammy of higher taxes and higher inflation. 
people's paychecks, even if they got a raise, if they got, let's say, a 3% raise, inflation is somewhere around 5% right now. You are 2% in the hole. How is that helping Americans and American families? The answer is, it's not. This doesn't sound like it's using every tool at your disposal to help Americans and American families. It sounds like you are using every tool at your disposal to destroy the middle class and create dependency on daddy government to make us bend the knee to the will of daddy government. This is just more lies from this corrupt administration. They aren't out to help Americans. They are out to create a dependent class of people. Now, sticking with uh, the economics theme here, September job numbers were dismal. They were estimated to be somewhere in the half a million jobs uh, created range. We got under 200,000. We, we didn't even get 50% of, of what was being projected. I, that's, that is just awful. Honestly, it, it again, I, don't, I hope I'm wrong, but it's certainly we are trending towards a recession here. And, a, uh, and, and one infused with stagflation. Uh, just, if we can't, if we have record number of job openings and we only get 194,000 people off the unemployment rolls, we are in trouble. Now, true to form, the Biden circus tried to claim a win here because the unemployment rate went down. Now, anyone with half a functioning brain can see that unemployment didn't go down because of a massive hiring spree by companies. We just covered it. Less, we hit less than 50% of the, the estimated job numbers. The unemployment rate went down because people dropped their job search. The denominator changed, and with it, the percentage of people showing unemployed changed. Come on, man. There's still plenty of us out here that haven't had one day of that useless common core math. We still know how to do math. We still know how percentages and fractions work. We can see that the job numbers were bad. So at a minimum, that would tell anybody that's interested in truth and, and does their own research and has a little bit of economic uh, uh, knowledge here. Anybody would see that at a minimum here. With the jobs numbers that came out, unemployment numbers would have stayed flat. They certainly wouldn't have gone down. The low gains in employment would not have caused the unemployment rates to go down. There was other factors here that made it go down. Raggedy Ann knew that. She just didn't want to tell us. Again, she lied to us. And now kind of... Wrapping up, uh, I know it's been heavy on kind of some of the economic stuff here lately, but it's important. Um, we have industry officials now that are on board with what I've been saying. And I've been saying I a few shows back a, a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now or so, that the issues we're seeing, uh, these are going to last. These are lasting into 2022, without a doubt. And now we're starting to see industry officials kind of come around to that actually look at what's going on, look at actual numbers and not just their uh, not just their their wishes that well we, we just want to get the you know economy growing again we want to help the Democrats out. 
<laughs> whatever. The issues we're seeing, especially within the backlog ships and the shortages in the marketplace, uh, especially with the lead times. Now you think about uh, some of the lead times that we've seen on uh, computer chips right now, there's not uh, 20 weeks left in the year and we're somewhere around 21, 22 weeks on average on uh, just electronics lead times. So, uh, you know, finally we get to the the uh, last quarter of the year here and it's like, oh yeah, it's going to be 2022. Well, yeah, I said that long ago as did uh, many other people who had half a brain and could see what's actually going on. I digress though. So and what we're looking at is finally acknowledgement by industry officials, experts maybe, if you want to call them that, uh, that we are going to see these issues persist into mid-2022. Now, port authorities at the Port of Long Beach have stated uh, in their own assessments that it will be mid-2022 before the backlog of ships is cleared. Uh, and that backlog of ships, that's anchored off the uh, coast of California, dropping anchors on pipelines and doing whatever ships do out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that the ships that are sitting there right now sit for that long. That means it will be mid-2022 before there are uh, very little to no ships anchored off the coast of California uh, awaiting to be unloaded. Now, just as I think about this for a, a, a minute, in a way, I'm glad that it'll be that long. And now you're probably thinking, Ryan, that's a terrible thing to be glad about. What <laughs> how, What did you do? Did you hit your head or something? Uh, you know, I, I think about this and you think about what we're going through right now and everything we're seeing and how it continues to wake people up. We haven't had... Uh, anything like this, anything where we were um, kind of this inconvenienced, call it, where we were this uncomfortable as a as a nation, as a people, since maybe World War II when they uh, uh, had the intentional shortages because they were giving everything to the war effort. It, it, now, it's, it's different, a little bit different here, right? We have, uh, in that instance, the war effort right? Everybody wanted to chip in for that, the patriotism and all that. So, and today this is really, um, call it a governmental man-made crisis, whatever, however you want to call it, just call it a stupid policy is what caused this crisis right now, right? It threw everything out of, out of balance. Um, but we haven't faced anything like this where we're seeing persistent shortages, where we're seeing on a consistent basis that we aren't able to get products that we want or desire when we want them. I mean, this is America after all. It's it's the place of getting what you want when you want it and a lot of it. And we're getting none of that right now. But I think, and I've mentioned this before, we need to be comfortable with the short-term pain for our long-term gain here. If we are truly serious about our Republic and saving our Republic in all of its glory and all of its American exceptionalism and returning it to that glory, we need to be comfortable with the short-term pain so we can have that long-term gain, so we can do things like battle back against uh, just this lack of respect for the Constitution, so we can do things that get us back to uh, running our Republic 
on the Constitution as a rule of law. Now, if the supply crunch stretches into 2022, not if, but it will at this point, and let's say mid-2022 at that, it stays fresher on the minds of the voter. The Biden administration is now, because they're so desperate for a win, they think they can just put their hands in anything. They're, they're willing to put their hands in anything to try and get a win here because they've been such a disaster. They're now hitching their wagon to trying to fix our supply chain issues. They won't be able to do it, though. It'll be yet another failure by them. And truthfully, I'm more than willing to have these intermittent shortages on products. I, I look at over the last 18 months, uh, I've cut out, I've mentioned it before, I've cut out things like Amazon. I've cut out other stores that um, right now the, I don't agree with. I, I, I think if you're a business, you stay neutral. And if you don't stay neutral and you slant to one side, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to frequent you, period. And probably if you one swung way to the other side either, I might, uh, you know, I might be double thinking about, do I really want to support them? It's one of those things where everything in our society right now is politicized. And, and we have to get away from that. And how do we do that? It's, it, it, it's, it, truthfully, it's by keeping this thing fresh and it, it's by keeping it going. Now, I'm not saying that I want shortages in things that are critical to life these days, like food, water, clothing, medicine. That's not what I'm saying at all. And those things are, honestly, those things should be um, products that are secured by a domestic supply chain so we don't have to rely on any outside um uh, manufacturers in other countries and far-flung countries that send things here on container ships that will sit off the coast of California or New York or Savannah, Georgia, or wherever we, else we have a port. That's not what I'm saying. Those items, we need to keep those going. But the, the other stuff, the the uh, TVs, shoes, um, garden tools, you know, whatever, if we're those are minor inconveniences if you go to the store and you don't have one they don't have them you know but those are the things that all kind of aggravate people and it stays fresh in their minds and and thinking you know we're in october now uh you know thinking about uh, the the future and we've got christmas coming up there's stories out there now just be ready for a christmas of not having stuff not having what you were planning on getting your kids that those are the things that I am saying here that if this, this thing's stretching into mid-22, people are going to remember that. They're going to remember that they couldn't get something for their kid because at Christmas time is really the one time of year that parents are trying to do everything they can to get, to get that special gift for their kids at Christmas time. And if they're not able to do that, they're going to remember that. And we got to make sure they remember why that happened, why they couldn't get, uh, couldn't get that special gift for their child. We have to be better as conservatives of tying that emotional aspect into the facts, right? Not just the emotion, 
not just not just throw out there that oh you can you know remember when you couldn't get the stuff for your you, you know that special gift for your uh children at christmas time not not just throwing that out there but tying that emotion back to the facts here's why you couldn't get that special gift for your child at christmas because you had an incompetent administration that wanted to put their hands in everything and screw it up more than it already was and they couldn't get the ships unloaded because they don't you've got people in government that don't understand how supply chain flows and understand what's going on now you don't get in that maybe that much detail with them i'm throwing out there my insider knowledge of supply chain right but you you can still tie it back to uh those factual uh factual pieces of information as to why they weren't able to get that uh you know new super cool superhero doll for their their kid at this you know this past christmas they won't this administration won't be able to fix this and part of that and part of you know that factual information is is making sure like i said we keep people aware of the failings of the democrats who control all three branches of government right now and have made a complete mess out of everything that's what we need to keep at the forefront and i think you know for the most part most of the things that uh, are short at the store there i've found that there's been reasonable substitutes for what I'm looking for. Is it preferred? Like, am I getting my preferred brand? No, not always. Am I even getting my preferred, uh, let's say a snack chip when I go to the store? No, not always. Am I willing to be inconvenienced for a little bit if it helps us get back to some semblance of, uh, of um, I want to say normal, but j just stop the insanity, let's put it? Um, yeah. Am I willing to to be inconvenienced so I can so we can start trying to pull our constitutional republic back together and have reasonable conversations with each other on the best direction of our country? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so we've had some things that you can get a reasonable substitute for. Some things have admittedly been hard to come by. Uh, ex example being automobiles. I drove past the local lots again uh, the other day. They're, they're even emptier than they were two weeks ago. We have to have patience here. We have to realize that we can, uh, a little short-term inconvenience is okay. We haven't had to experience that for a really, really long time at any extended uh, level. Uh, our culture is one that has come to expect everything on demand. So our patience has eroded in terms of waiting for things. You, we want this supply chain thing fixed tomorrow. I can tell you it's not. It, it won't be fixed tomorrow. Even Saki admitted that. The fact remains here that the only thing that will fix our supply chain issues is time. There's no magic wand that can be waved to fix it. There's no government intervention that can fix it because what fixes it is going to be things like extra capacity at the ports, which is years of investment. So that's off the table. The other thing that can fix it is is more uh, uh, drivers to, to haul loads around. Well, that's not going so well. The only thing that's going to fix this right now is time. So we have to wait this out. 
and couple that with, let's call it actually having an infrastructure bill that uh, upgrades our infrastructure, that expands the capacity of our ports, that expands, um, you know, possibly the, the capacity of our roadways, that fixes our roadways so they're not absolute garbage and, and, and causing damage to the trucks hauling all this freight and causing them to break down. Those are the things that are fixed. I, we have no short-term fix. All our fixes for this is long-term. We just have to let the system play it out. And that means we're gonna to have to be patient. It means we're gonna be inconvenienced. But, you know, given all that, and given the fact that we have those in government that think they can control and fix everything because they're smarter than the rest of us. They're smarter, uh, you know, because they've been grifting or whatever so long and have been maybe fed nonsense that they're actually exceptional people. I don't know. You know, they think they're, they have more knowledge and can fix this um, than those of us that actually have the knowledge and have fixed these sorts of things before. But you have, anyway, at any rate, you have Raggedy Ann and resident Biden here making promises without setting expectations on the timelines of how long this is going to fix take to get fixed how long is it really going to take until we uh until we see a recovery here now you have those um call it industry experts saying yeah we're going mid 2022 here on on recovery on this stuff do you hear that coming out of the white house at all no you don't because they they purposely omit information to keep people in the dark to keep stringing them along you know, so we have them setting these ex we have them making promises without setting expectations on the timelines of how long this is actually going to take. What's our actual situation? And on top of it, you have them getting involved with things they have no expertise in at all. Like I said, I'm perfectly content to live a life of inconvenience for a little bit. I I must admit my uh, you know my bank account looks a lot better these days. It's looking a little healthier without all the the, the nonsense purchases at Amazon and, and, you know, just the impulse purchases at stores I'm not walking into anymore because I don't agree with the, the, what they're doing. So I'm perfectly content right now to live a, a life of inconvenience in the short term. Just for the simple fact is it continues to expose these incompetent buffoons even more. I'm content to be inconvenienced for a little bit if it means that it is going to keep the incompetence and broken promises that had no chance of being kept in the first place at the forefront of people's minds when we head into midterms. If we truly are going to take our republic back, it's going to require being a little inconvenienced at times and being inconvenienced at for uh, uh, stretches of time. The new rules are politicize everything. So hey, we'll politicize this supply chain shortage and use it to our advantage in 2022. Now let's end today's show on a high note. Things are looking up. It may not seem like it at times. It may not seem like it after the previous segments that we've just covered, but they are. Yeah, there's a long way to go yet, but I believe we are on the upswing. Now recently we've had uh, Nicki Minaj speaking out about making your own choices as it relates to the vaccine. We've had the likes of Bill Maher and Jon Stewart speaking out against this far left insanity. Now it's trickling into the sports area. A few weeks ago, NBA player Jonathan Isaac spoke out in terms of why he wasn't taking the vaccine. 
Now this past week, there's been an even bigger name in the NBA world who has actually been effectively suspended from his team until he bows to the wishes of the vaccine overlords. Kyrie Irving, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, has been suspended by the team until he complies with the vaccine mandates of New York City. The whole blow-up started because Irving would only be able to play in road games because of that New York City vaccine mandate. He has continued to stick to his decision of not getting jabbed, so the Nets have banned him from the team until he does. That means no contact at all. He was practicing, from what I understand, with the team. There's not, none of that anymore. No practicing, obviously no games. The Nets have banned him from the team. Now, Irving had this to say about his choice to remain unvaccinated. He said this, This is not a political thing. This is not about the NBA. Not about any organization. This is about my life and what I am choosing to do. This is as it should be. We all have the right to choose what we put in our own bodies. We all have the right to bodily autonomy. If we don't want to put an experimental gene therapy in our bodies, then that is our right to do that evaluation and make that decision. Now, what I don't understand is why more athletes have not taken the stance, the, the stance of Kyrie Irving. Their bodies are their meal tickets. Now, I trust that those that have taken the, the vaccine have done their research and came to their own conclusions. I have no proof otherwise saying that, you know, they didn't do that. But I still wonder why so many jumped in to get jabbed with something that has unknown long-term consequences to our bodies and our health. I applaud Kyrie Irving for having principle. He's going to lose out on millions of dollars in salary by taking this stand. But he's also made his evaluations and decided his long-term health and quality of life, and maybe, just maybe, his continued liberty to make this type of choice are more important than getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. The athletes and, and celebrities are starting to stand up. They're starting to speak out more and more. They're starting to see how this encroaching authoritarianism will put a damper on their careers and their ability to continue to stand up and speak out in the future. We all know that this sort of thing eventually eats its own. It, it may be the conservatives now, but after the conservatives, uh, you know, are done, are done in by, by, you know, the censorship and, and, and the shouting down, the next people it'll come for were those that were supposedly on the right team. I think athletes and celebrities are starting to see that. They're starting to see the threat to their livelihoods. The tide is turning in this battle for freedom and liberty. Hopefully many more will follow suit, both celebrities and, and athletes. I hope more speak out. I hope more stand up and say, I, this is where my red line in the sand is. I am going to draw it here. Yes, I'm going to lose out on a ton of money, but at this point I get one body, I have one life. And no amount of money will ever replace that. There's more and more standing up every day. Now, it's not going to be a quick process. It's not going to be a quick turnaround. 
it's not going to probably be quick uh, in terms of seeing how many of these celebrities and athletes stand up. But the signs are there every day that this process, that, that the ideals of freedom and liber liberty, that we're swinging the pendulum back to that way. We're starting to see that people are waking up, even those that on the left that we, you know, we know we were ideologically opposed to, they're starting to see that this is going to be really, really bad for them in their future if this continues. So take heart. We are starting to turn the tide. I think we've gotten through the, the deep valley of this and, and are hopefully back on the upswing. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. I posted a new article last week on what is going on within our supply chains uh, on my blog, so give it a read if you haven't already. While on my website, shop my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. It's fall, the fall weather is here. Pick out a nice new hoodie or sweatshirt for yourself. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show, should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.